0: Good morning, everybody. So good to see all of you in-house today. But I know that there are many that are watching online today. We, as you know, as a community, are dealing with a fourth surge of COVID. Who would have thought a year and a half later we would still be dealing with all of this? Pastor Kevin had sent out an email This week, uh, just letting you know, we were going to have a limited capacity service today, just out of precaution, no childcare, uh, no children's church, and just a limited amount of people just due to all of the exposure in the community. I know there are a lot of you out there that are quarantining, and we know you are probably bored out of your mind, and so press in. You're going to make it through there are some with COVID, and you've expressed to us that some of you are not feeling well. We are praying for you and praying for a speedy recovery, and we know that there are some more serious cases as well. We've received calls saying friends and family members, uh, some are in the hospital, in ICU, on ventilators, fighting for their lives. One that we are praying for is in his 30s, one's in his 40s. And we ask as a church family that you come alongside of us and pray for these people. It's a serious situation out there, and we want to be use godly wisdom in all of our decisions and be led by the Spirit in everything that we do during this time. We won't have a welcome time or a missions offering where we come forward today. If you are in-house, you can drop your missions offering in a separate envelope. Just mark it missions and drop it in the tithes box. I know many of you will be giving uh, via text giving or online at eagleheights.net. You can divide your tithes, your missions, and your construction offering. There'll be a breakdown for all of that. But our missions offering focus today, we felt led just to continue to get the Word into people's hands. Pastor Kevin preached last week about the Word, the power of the Word. When God spoke that Word into the darkness, the light dispelled the darkness, there's power in the Word. We're going to continue to preach about the authority of of God's Word today and sing about that. And so we're gonna continue as our missions offering focus today to get a copy of the Word of God into as many people's hands as possible. We're going today to focus on those nations that are hostile to the Word of God, nations like North Korea and China and Iraq. We're gonna give to several ministries like Voice of the Martyrs that uses missionaries that actually risk their own lives To go into these hostile nations and bring the Word of God. As we give today, we want to give from our heart and we want to continue to pray that every Bible that's purchased will be read by someone and they will be convicted and their hearts would be given to the Lord and their eternal destination would be changed. Salvation only comes by hearing and believing word of God. We're going to sing in faith today. Let our faith become a mountain. And then we're going to sing about the authority and the power of God's word. Let's sing out in faith.
1: give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. What a powerful worship song. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. And we thank you that one word from you can change everything in my life and we pray that it does come into our life this morning and bring change. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. You may be seated. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to church. It is so good to have you. Whether you're here or you're watching our live stream, it is so good to have you join with us. Even though we may not be able to be together under one roof this morning, I pray that we be together in spirit. Amen that we be unified as the body, and that we be strong as the body, even though we may not physically be here together. I'm Pastor Josh, Pastor Kevin's son, and I'll be preaching this morning. And again, I just pray that we open up our hearts and let God's Word speak to us and let it bring change. Last week, we, in part three of our series, This Present Darkness, my dad read Genesis 1, 1 through 5, and i want to read that again this morning in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the waters then god said then god said let there be light and there was light God spoke it and it came to be God's words brought it into existence when God says something it must be Isaiah 55 verse 11 so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's word shall never return to him void. He never gives a command and says, well, that didn't work. That didn't happen like I thought it was going to happen. No. When God speaks something, it comes into existence. It accomplishes its purpose. That's the authority of God's word, and that's the title of our message this morning, this present darkness, part four, the authority of God's word. Let's look at verse four of Genesis and continue reading. And God saw the light, and it was good, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. God's word went forth and divided the light and the darkness. There had to be a division of the two. Because one doesn't mix with the other. One cancels out the other. Think about if you're in a a dark, dark room that you've never been in before. And you're trying to find something. And you're, you can't see anything. And so you're just trying to fumble your way around. And you're tripping over the couch that you didn't know was there. You're stepping on Legos. The most painful thing that can be when you step on a Lego. You, don't, you can't see it because it's, it's so dark. But when somebody flips on the light, what was hidden can now be seen. The light illuminates that which was unseen. When somebody flips on the light... It cancels out the darkness. In the passage we're about to read, John 1, it describes Jesus as both the Word of God and the Light. Jesus is the Word of God and He is the Light. There are three facets of God that we call the Trinity the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, they're three in one. They're separate, but yet the same. When the Son, Jesus, came into this world, it was the manifestation of God, our Father, to us here on this earth. It was God's Word came, that came and spoke to us. And when Jesus shares God's word, it reveals the Father's heart to us. It reveals who the Father is. Think about this. If I came up here this morning and I stood up here and just didn't say anything, and maybe I had a, a strange look on my face that kind of kept you guessing, like, what, what's he thinking? What's he, what's he about to say? And maybe you didn't know me before I got up here, and you're like, who is this guy? But if I open up my mouth and I tell you what I'm thinking and I tell you who I am, then you can begin to understand me. When Jesus came and spoke God's word, it was him revealing the Father to us in a whole new way, in a deeper way, showing us even more what the Father is like. We're going to read John 1. In the beginning was the Word. And again, the Word he's referring to is Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. They're one and the same. He was, in the beginning, with God. All things were made through him And without Him, nothing was made that was made. Only the Word of God can create, can create life, can can speak something into existence. Verse 4. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus is the Word of God. And He is the light. What does light do? It illuminates that which was unseen. Jesus illuminates the darkness. He illuminates the darkness in our life. He shows us the sin in our life that we couldn't see before. He exposes that in our life. And He shows us our need for a Savior Because God is light. How do you know that scripture? God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. And so in order for you to come into relationship with the Father, the Savior has to bring you out of the darkness and into the light. Jesus offers Himself as that sacrifice as He comes in and shines His light in our present darkness and reveals God's truth to us. Verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and this is John the Baptist. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. The darkness couldn't comprehend the light. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Some people that rejected Jesus couldn't comprehend that he was the Word of God. That when they were hearing Jesus, they were hearing the words of God. When they saw Jesus, they were seeing the Father. John 14, 8. Philip said to him, and he's talking to to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father And it is sufficient for us. In other words, if you could show us God, if we could see Him, if we could hear His voice, then it'd be easy to believe. Verse 9 And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. When they saw Jesus, they saw the Father. When he spoke, they heard the Father's voice. How could you ask for more than that? How could you ask for more witness than that? And this morning, I'm here to tell you that the, it's the same way with our Bible. The Bible is the written Word of God. It is the words of God written down on paper. You say, if I could, if I could only see the Father... If I could only see a vision, if I could just hear the audible voice of God, then I could believe. When you read your Bible, when you see these words, you're seeing the Father. When you read these words, you are hearing the voice of the Father. It's His revelation and manifestation to you. It lights up your darkness. The Bible is the absolute truth that God has given us to live by. It's completely accurate. It's all true. And it's just as applicable today as the day it was written. If anything in the Bible was wrong, then how could we live by it? Think about that. Think about this with me. If Jesus did anything wrong even one time, he would be untrustworthy. If he was wrong one time, could he be wrong a second time? If he told us one lie, could he lie again? It's the same with the Bible. If the Bible is wrong just one time, how can I trust everything I read in it? How could I possibly evaluate things from my limited perspective and knowledge and say, okay, this is right, but over here this is wrong. Okay, over here this is relevant, but back here this is irrelevant. We don't need to pay attention to that. My dad met with someone and they were, they were talking about a commandment That was hard to obey. It was difficult to obey. And my dad showed him a scripture that the apostle Paul wrote concerning that subject. And at some point in the conversation, the person said, Well, Paul was a man just like us. In other words, they were saying, My perspective on this subject is the equivalent of the apostle Paul's. You hear people say, Well, The Bible is just written by men. Yes, it was written by men, but under under the direct influence, the direct inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 3.16 All Scripture, say that with me, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. All scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All of God's word is accurate, and all of God's word is profitable. It shows us right from wrong. It shows us The truth. Psalm 119, 160. The entirety of your word is truth. In every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. God's words have always been and will always be what shapes all of creation. It is the law. In the beginning was the word. And at the end, there will be God's word. It will remain the ultimate authority forever. Hebrews 11, verse 3. And I want you to key into this. Verse with me here. By faith, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Our world is framed by the word of God. God's Word spoke it into existence and then gave it boundaries of what it would look like. It's framed by God's Word. God's Word said, Here, this is what it's going to be and no more. This is what it's going to look like and no more. God's Word frames our universe. It is the law. Nothing can exist outside of God's Word The natural world has been framed by the Word of God as so it is with us. So this morning, I want to share with you three practical truths about God's Word. Three practical ways the Word will frame the life of a follower of Christ. Number one, God's Word is what brings salvation. Our lives are fashioned, set in order, sustained, and brought into completion by the Word of God. And that's what the rest of Hebrews 11 is about as we look at verse 7. By faith, Noah being divinely warned. What warned Noah? It was God's words coming to Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. He heard God's word and he moved upon it. He prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteous, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Who did he obey? He obeyed the voice of God By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, he moved, not knowing where he was going. God's word was spoke to them, and they allowed it to frame their life. It moved them. God's word pointed them in the right way. You know, it's the difference between... A pilot who is just flying by the seat of his pants or a pilot who's looking at his instrumentation, looking at all the gauges and deciding what he needs to do. You know, what if it's a, a, a really foggy day and the pilot says, you know what, I, I think I'm going in the right direction. I, I think there's some mountains up here and I, I just feel like I'm high enough. I'm not going to run into them. I think I, I think I fueled up enough before I left. I think I can make it. Or it's a pilot who looks at the gauges, looks at the instrumentation and says, you know what, I need to tilt to the left a little bit. You know that little gauge like that? he said, I need to get back level. And wait, these mountains that I'm coming up on, I'm not high enough. I'm going to crash. And I see I need to gain more altitude. I'm going northwest when I need to be going southeast. That's what the, God's word has to be to us. We Instead of just saying, you know what, this is the right way to go. This is the right thing to do. This is the wrong thing to do. This is God's will. No, that's God's will. No, look to God's word and it shows you how to orient your life. God says, this is right. God's word says, this is true. God's word shows me the way in which i need to go it shows us the path that leads to salvation and gives us the faith to walk on it we are saved by grace through faith and there's only one way to come into faith romans 10:17 so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, faith can only come to our into our heart when God's word is revealed to us, and then we believe on it and we act on it. Light can only come into your present darkness when God's word is presented to you. You know, the power of God's word is offered to everyone, but your response to the word is going to determine its effect upon your life. You know, you could shut out the light of Jesus. You could shut out and and resist His Word so that it has no impact on you. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the Word of God... Which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. They heard the word, they received it, and they believed on it, and so therefore it worked effectively in them. For them it was life-changing. It changed what their eternity would be like because they believed that it had the power to do so. 1 Corinthians 18. For the message of of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. You know, to those who think that God's word is foolishness, that God's word is just something to be you know, disregarded. It, it doesn't matter. Those people are going to perish. And when they're standing before God in his judgment seat one day, they're going to be judged by the very thing that they said was unimportant. They're going to be judged by the word of God. But to those who accept God's word then we have access to the power that is the Word of God as it frames our life. Number two, obedience to God's Word is a sign of our discipleship. Our relationship to God's Word is the evidence of our relationship with God because they're one and the same. John eight thirty. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Only those who accept God's word and abide in it. That word abide means to, to live in it. It's your your everything. I have relationship with the Word. Only those who are able, who abide in His Word, are able to understand the truth. Only those who abide in His Word will be His disciples. John 8 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. And we're going to go to verse 47. He who is of God hears God's word. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. God, it talks about those who are resisting God's Word, who they don't hear because they don't want to hear. The first step is to open up your heart to God, open up our ears to God's Word, put away our religious ideas, put away our pride, and let God reveal what is true. But to hear God's Word, and to even know it, isn't enough. You can memorize God's Word front to back if you're that smart, and it still wouldn't save you. You know, Satan, he knows God's words, too. Remember, we, we read a week or two back when Jesus was being tempted by Satan. Satan used, tried to use God's Word against him. Satan knows God's Word, and that's not enough to save us. When you've heard God's Word and know it, then you have to believe on it and then you have to make the choice to lay down your will and obey God's word. It's not enough to know it. We've got to obey it. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does, he who Does the will of my Father in heaven. It's not to only believe, enough to to believe, we have to do His will. Not my will, God. I'm not going to do my will, I'm going to do your will. Let your will be done, Father. You know, sometimes you hear people say that because we're saved, by grace through faith, that you can do whatever you want. You know, you can't say that a Christian can't do certain things or that they need to do other things. A church member was telling me that they went to a friend's funeral and the pastor said that, guys, listen, you don't have to go to church to be saved. You And listen, you can smoke, you can dip, you can drink, you can curse, and you can go to heaven. I guess he justified it by saying that we're all covered in God's grace. And there's many verses in the Bible that say this. that's not true. But I want to look at this one verse in Revelation that describes those who will be in heaven. Revelation 22:14 through 15 Blessed are those who do his commandments that they have the that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter into the gates into the gates into the city this is heaven there if you do his commandments you may enter into heaven but outside outside of heaven are dogs and sorcerers, and sexually immoral, and murderers, and idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. It describes you know, se- several uh, uh, things that if we get into, that we won't be able to enter into heaven. But I want to look at why did he say the dog's? will be outside of heaven. What does that mean? The dogs are outside the gates. A dog is not able to place value on anything. He doesn't know how to place value on anything. You know, you could get a, 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 an old chew toy, an old nasty, smelly chew toy. You Maybe you dug it out of the trash can and it's, it's nasty, it's smelly, and you throw it to him. And then you throw him a, a bag of money. Maybe it's A million dollars in there. That dog is going to treat those two the same. He'll probably like the chew toy better. And he's just going to take the million dollars, he's going to shred it up. Those who are outside of heaven are those that didn't value God's word. And then receive it and act upon it. Say, well, I love God. And he loves me. And that's all that matters. Okay, let's read John 14, 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Hmm. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not, a scared, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me and remember My words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. Again, Jesus attests to the fact that he is God's word, that he is speaking the words. It's not my own words. This is the words of the Father. And if you don't accept them, if you don't obey them, then you don't love me and you don't love my Father and that keeps me from being able to have relationship with you. That keeps me from being able to reveal myself to you. My disciples are the ones who obey God's word. Number three. The sharing of God's word is a sign of our discipleship. Matthew 28, 18 Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. What gave Jesus all authority? It was the fact that he was the word of God and the word has the authority. Verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, I've been given authority, and now I'm I'm passing this authority of God's Word onto you. And that's going to be what you're going to stand on when you're making these new disciples. It's not going to be of your own power, of your own strength, of your own authority. You're going to stand on the authority of God's Word. Verse 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We've been saved because we've heard the gospel. We've heard God's word. We've heard his truth. And so we've got to go out and we've got to share that. We've got to share God's truth and say, hey, hey, listen. The truth, all you need to know, is right in here. Listen to what it says. It was an assignment given to us by Jesus. The verse that we just read is is, is right before his ascension. It's an assignment given to us during Jesus' last moments on earth. And I always think about, Jesus could have told his disciples a million different things. Trust in me, have faith, don't fear, love. What's the thing that he tells him in the last moments that he's going to be physically with them here on this earth? He says, go out and share my word. He didn't promise that everybody would accept it. He didn't say it would be easy. He just gave us the commandment to go and share the word. Verse eight, uh, Acts 8 verse 1. At that time a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And the de- devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Stephen had just been stoned to death for preaching the message of Jesus Christ. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Even though they were suffering this severe persecution, They continued to preach God's Word. They knew that the message they had was too important that they could not keep silent. We have to tell people about Jesus no matter what it costs us. Even if it's our life, that's how valuable God's Word was to them. 2 Timothy 4.1 I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. He said, I urge you to preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct Rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching. Good teaching based upon the word of God. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth, and chase after myths. Guys, we're in this time right now. We're in this time right now when people don't want to hear the teaching of the Word. It doesn't satisfy their fleshly desires. And so they go out looking for someone who will tell them what they want to hear. Tell me something that will make me feel good. Don't tell me anything that brings any conviction. Don't challenge me. Don't ask me to sacrifice anything. They don't want to hear the truth. They think it's not enough for them. And so they chase after myths. If God's word isn't enough for you, if you think you need something more, it's because you need to give more. Listen to me, you need to lay down your life, give it over to Jesus, and then you will find your life in His Word. You don't have to go out looking for something new. God's Word is all you will ever need. Don't compromise the life-changing power of God's Word because your flesh is craving something new. Mark 17, 13, Jesus accused the Pharisees of making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, what you have handed down, and many such things you do. They allow their church tradition, if you will, their religious tradition to become more important than God's word. They allowed themselves to follow the traditions of men more than the Word of God. We cannot change the Word and its application to our lives to fit our religious traditions or our culture or change it in order to please our own flesh. We have to take the Word at its word. We are called to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It doesn't say to live by some of the words, to live by the parts that you like, that make you feel good. We're called to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We have to orient our lives by the instrument that is the word of God and nothing else, not the culture Or what the majority is saying. What we need in our country and in our churches is not a he said, or a she said, or a they said. We need a God said. God said this is right. God said this is the way we need to go. This is the truth. And we have to wake up to the fact that we are drifting so far away from the truth. From sound doctrine and teaching. And we need men and women who are willing to speak up for the truth. Even if it's an unpopular message in our culture today, we can't be afraid to speak His Word in its entirety. Because the entirety of the Word is true. You know, I I think, I, I think most of our society would say that lying and stealing is wrong. I think most people would probably say that. I might be wrong. I don't know. But I know when you say that the Word of God says that homosexuality is wrong, that sexual immorality in any form is wrong, when you tell them that the Bible says abortion is wrong, it's not right to take a life when you try to teach them about what God's Word says about honoring authority and submission, these are not popular themes in our times, to say the least. But if you say, one part of our Bible is wrong or irrelevant today, why should it frame our lives? Why, do, why would churches meet across America? Why would we share the Word at all? Why would we lay down our life for God's Word? It only makes sense if you believe that it is the ultimate authority, without error, and completely true, worthy of basing my everything on it, worthy of framing my life. Only then can I put my complete trust in it. And only then can it be my strength that I can always lean on, that I could always come back to, that I could always share without reservation. Psalms, let's stand to our feet. We're going to end on this. Psalms 1, verse 1. Band, you can come on up. And this psalm talks about those who abide in God's word and live according to God's word and those who don't. Verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law He meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaves also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away, therefore The ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. How many of you know that God's got us? He's got us. He's in control. His word is always in control. Let His word orient our life, frame our life, and share it with everyone that we can. And he promises that when we share his word, his word will not come back to him void, but it will accomplish its purpose. We're called to be a witness to the word, a witness to the truth. Let's bow our heads this morning. If you've heard... God's word this morning, and you know that you're, you've not been abiding in it, you've not been living according to God's word, you heard his truth this morning, you believe it, say, God, I want to begin to have a relationship with you and your word. I want to obey it. I want it to frame my life, and I want to share your word. If that's you this morning, and you want to lay down your life for Jesus and accept the message of the cross, let his blood wash over your sins. If that's you this morning, raise your hand, whether you're here or you're watching online. Thank you. I see your hands. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I see the sin in my life that is keeping me from relationship with you. God, at this moment, I ask the blood of Jesus to wash over me and bring me into the light. Jesus, bring me to the Father. And from this day forward, I want to live according to the Father's words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, Jesus, we love you. And I pray for the church right now, Lord. That during these times, we would not be shaken by the chaos around us, God. But we would find our strength in your word. We'll stand upon your truth in faith that no matter what's going on around us, God, we're protected. We're safe because we're being held up by God's word. Lord, we speak against any fear in the name of Jesus. I speak against any pride. In the name of Jesus. But Lord, you are our salvation, and you are our strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. (laughs) Y'all be blessed. Let's go out on that second song, and we'll see y'all next week. We love y'all. The stronghold's not be moved.
2: The spirit's not